0: Us something out of the Word of God, and rob you from from uh, the message. Uh, the next two nights, Lord willing, I'm going to try to deal with a type of series that the Lord has put in my heart to preach. Um, I'm going to deal with this thought tonight, uh, and then tomorrow night, deal with another part of it. And then um, I've thought about uh, extending it to a third part. I don't have direction to do that just yet. But if the Lord uh, gives us that direction, we'll do it. But anyways, uh, I want to focus in on Ephesians chapter number 1. And uh, we'll look at some verses in chapter number 2 and chapter number 3 as well uh, to conclude the thought. Uh, But look at this. Uh, I'm going to read the whole entire chapter. I'm going to try to speed read through this or try to keep up with me. And I'll try to make sure I'm saying everything the way I'm supposed to and as clear as I can. Um, But I want you to notice a phrase, all right, when the Word of God, and I've went through here, and um, marked all of these that I have, uh, that I have found and it's, it's been an unbelievable study and so I encourage you to do the same if you mark in, the, in your word of God uh, and uh, as a study resource, this is something that um, just once you, once you see it and once you understand what I'm, I'm trying to go this afternoon or this evening, uh, it'll really deepen your study, I believe that. I want you to look for the phrase in Christ or in him, or in Christ Jesus. Uh, in whom, and, and those phrases. Look at what the word of God is telling us in Ephesians chapter one. The Bible says, Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, without blame, before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption, In whom also we have obtained inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory. Who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted. After that ye he heard the word of truth, in the gospel of, of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believed, you were sealed with that holy spirit of promise, which is the earnest of your of our inheritance unto the redemption, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of His glory. Wherefore, I also, after that I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, or the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that uh, the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, that ye may know... What is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that that filleth all in all Father, we thank you for the day. Thank you for the privilege that it is to be saved by the good grace of God. Thank you for the privilege again, Lord, to be in this place in the house of the Lord. We ask now that you'd help us for a little while to preach the and word of God. I pray, Father, that the truths of it and the riches of the scripture might truly be revealed in our hearts and minds. Give us the wisdom and the understanding, Lord, that we desire. I pray, Father, that you would give us that anointing that only comes from thee, May you use us for the honor and the glory of God. I pray that we would be able to uh, express the word of God as you put it in our heart and in our mind. Help us, dear God, to convey the truths of thy word. I pray, Father, that you would enrich our Christian lives. Help us, O oh Father, to receive the truth that you have in store for us. If there be one here lost, may they be saved by the grace of God. If there be one here not right with thee, backslid upon you, call on God, may tonight, Lord, they would have that rest Restoration take place. I ask, Father, that for the child of God, I pray that you'd give us the encouragement and the instruction that we need in the will of God. I pray that you would truly revive us again. In Jesus' name we ask you all these things. Amen and amen. I want to focus in on that phrase that is set here in chapter number one. And for the next two nights, I want to try to deal with this thought on living in Christ and Christ living in me. Living in Christ and Christ living in me. Tonight I want to focus specifically on what it is, the life that we have in Christ. What what is availed, if you will, to the child of God as we are alive in him. Truly, we are are blessed with great spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, if you reference that verse in chapter number three, which is what we'll use as a springboard, and then consider verse number 20 of the same chapter, you find that God sets Christ at his own right hand in heavenly places. So Christ is said in the heavenly places. Referencing chapter number three, these heavenly places is Christ. He is the heavenly place, or if you will, our heavenly position as children of God. And I'm speaking to the child of God tonight. If you are saved by the grace of God, you are positionally in him. You are positionally in Christ. And in that position, Brother Jason, there are some spiritual blessings that God has blessed the child of God with. And I'm afraid that we have limited, if you will, how great this salvation is. And so for a little while, I'm just gonna try to encourage you that are saved and even those that are not saved to come to Christ. But for you that are saved, I want us to really try to to take our mind and understand truly the spiritual blessings of our salvation, the life that we possess in the Lord Jesus Christ. life that is. You see that life, uh, it first begins by way of introduction. We are alive in him. I hope you understand that. It involves life here. We're talking about a spiritual life. Uh, Acts in chapter 17 verse number 28, the Bible says this, for in him we live and move and have our being. In him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. That word to live means the blessing of life. It means a blessed Life, these spiritual blessings we're looking at in verse number three. It means to have breath, hallelujah. It means to have true life, amen. If For that life to exist, there ought to be, amen, a spiritual breath about you, amen. There ought to be some spiritual life functions about you in Christ. It means to move. It has to do with a motion indicating life. A motion. Now get this. A motion indicating life. How do you know when something's alive? It moves. You know how you know it's something dead? It swells. But if it's something that's alive, it's going to move. And so for that life, it is having a motion indicating life. That motion, even the power of that motion comes from being in Christ Jesus. Here is the the definition I want you to get. It means the motion of exit and entrance. It means leaving one place for another, hallelujah. You see, I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I was dead in sin, I was dead in iniquity. But when I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, I put my faith in him, came alive in him, and I made the motion of being alive, and that was moving out of sin, moving out of the devil's house, and moving into God's family, hallelujah. Moving from sin where I was dead in, and stepping into Christ where I experience life. And to have our being, it means to exist, amen. Our existence is based on this life. Your spiritual existence base is based on this life in Christ. Mercy extended for the hope of life tomorrow or hope of life to be my hope of my hope of today and my hope of tomorrow simply rests on this true fact that I live in Him spiritually. Now, as I progress through this, I need you to understand one simple thing, and, and I'm sure I've said it here before, but I need to reiterate it for us to progress. Living in Christ, Christ living in me, it is a spiritual life, the abundant life of the believer. Here is what took place, Brother Jason. The moment I put my faith and trust in the Lord, I came alive in Christ. At the same time that I moved into Christ, Christ moved into me, amen. And here's what the two things that I had a problem with. Number one, Brother Josh Callaway preached this not too many years ago at our Jubilee and here is how it's easily explained and understood. I had a positional problem and I'm fixing to deal with this but I need you to grab a hold of these basic facts. I had a positional problem. I could not be who God wanted me to be. So he had to put me in Christ. What that does is, is it took away, if you will, that positional problem. And positionally, I am in Christ. I also had a power problem, and that's where Christ moves up inside of me. I couldn't do what the Lord wanted me to do. So, but when Christ moved on the inside, He then gave me the power to do the will of God. That's what He's there for. Amen. So, I'm dealing with specifically tonight your position your position that is in Christ. There are things God placed you in Him. When we put our faith and trust in the finished work at Calvary at salvation, God birthed you and breathed life into you and that life is experienced as soon as he moves us inside of Christ. That's the only way we live. That's the only life we have. And so it is in Christ. This life is in Christ. I could preach on the liberty that's in Christ. He said, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ. Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. I could preach about the light that is in Christ Jesus. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you but as the same anointing teach you of all things and is truth and is no lie. Even at his, it has taught you ye shall abide in him. And then the love that comes from being in Christ. We have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is loving. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. All of this revolving around the spiritual life that we have. Now as we consider Ephesians chapter number one, I'm going to go through this chapter and give you some laid out, very simple spiritual blessings, that we possess as the children of God from being alive in Christ. Alive in Christ. Number one, I want you to look at verse number seven, where the Bible says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Number one, we have atonement in Christ. Amen. Amen. This is the, the only provision for our atonement was found in one individual, one mediator, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. That atonement involves and revolves around one thing, and that is the redemption of the soul of man from sin. The redemption through his blood. That word simply means deliverance or a releasing effect by the payment of of ransom. Amen. That is found simply in Christ. For all of sinned, Romans 8:23, and come short of the glory of God, by being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That redemption that we experience was only found in one individual and that was in Christ Jesus. It's not found in anywhere else. You can't find atonement. You can't find the price being paid in anybody else. Amen. As much as this church would love to save sinners, it can't. Only one individual can save sinners and that's Christ. Hallelujah. There ain't enough works you can do to save yourself. It's only in Christ. You can't purchase your way to heaven. You can't buy your way to heaven. It is simply in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It was a happy day, a happy day of my life when I realized that all I had to do was put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior and I found atonement and redemption for my sins. Hallelujah. It is in him and in him alone. Thank God. It's a perfect atonement because of the perfect sacrifice that he made. Ephesians chapter number two, verse number 11. This is what he said. He said, Wherefore? Remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called in circumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands. But at that time ye were without Christ. you remember that time when you were without God? you remember that time you were alienated? Look what he said. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus ye who are sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ amen what took place preacher well, I tell you what took place you was a good for nothing sorry sinner amen and you couldn't do anything but sin against God I don't care if you are a church boy growing up or you never been raised or you been raised around with the preaching of the word of God you're still an no old good for nothing sinner amen amen I'm telling you It didn't matter where you were at, where you found. Every man's born a sinner, and because of that sin, you are separated from God. Separated from the presence of God. Man, I remember growing up in church, I'd watch them worship. I'd watch them sing. I'd watch them shout. I'd watch as they rejoice and the Holy Ghost of God come in that place and I have to sit back and scratch my head. What in the world is that all about? You know what that result is? It's a result of sin. Amen. Because I was separated from God. I was separated from His presence. I was separated from His goodness. I was separated from God and I could not get to God myself. But it was a good day when I realized that God, amen, sent his only begotten son to this world to bleed and die for my sin and provide through his perfect, spotless blood my atonement and my ransom back to God, amen. amen. You see, that's what redemption is. Redemption is your way back. Yes, sir. Amen. Do you understand? Amen. Redemption through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ was your purchase back to God. You see that's why Satan couldn't buy you. That's why Satan can't keep you because God demanded for your ransom and you didn't understand. The ransom that was demanded was by God. We were that ransom was demanded by God. And what he demanded was perfect blood for our ransom. For the ransom, I, that's, that's what we're focused on. For the purchase, that's what he demanded. Only one individual could do that. And it had to be a perfect lamb. And there was only one person, and that was the Son of God, amen. And so when Christ died on Calvary and shed his life blood, what you need to understand is, is that blood was what provided any any chance you had of getting back to God. We were separated in our sin. But through the atonement provided in Christ Jesus, Christ made a way to get back to God. Now let me tell you something. That in itself was not enough. You understand that? If the blood was all that was required... Or if the blood was all that was offered, it was still not enough. And you need to understand this because there's two things taking place at Calvary that God is offering, that Christ is offering unto God. One was blood, spotless, sinless, perfect blood. The other was a body. <laughs> The other was a sinless body offered to God. Here's what it's providing. The blood provided your ransom. Your ransom that God demanded. The only way He's ever, the only way you're ever going to get back to God is if perfect blood was shed, and that took place as the Lamb of God laid down his life and offered his life's blood for the sins of the world. Amen. Listen. Amen. But just having yourself purchased and ransom didn't mean that God was going to accept you back. Do you understand? I, uh, I'm, I'm, this is this part of teaching. Grab a hold of this. Help us, help us. Brother Ben, just because the blood was shed for your sin, it might it have done what the sacrifice, it might have rolled that sin back, it might have appeased God, but he, he was never going to accept you back on your own merit. Put your faith and trust in the blood. That's wonderful. You have sins forgiven, but you still was never good enough to get back to God. There was nothing you could do. Do you understand that? Nothing you could have ever done in your entire life to to merit the acceptance to God. But I just want you to notice in the preceding verse, in whom We have acceptance in the beloved. We have acceptance in the beloved, in Christ. So our atonement is in Christ. But brother Jason, my acceptance to God was in Christ. Here's what happened when he died on the cross. He not only offered up a perfect blood, but he offered up a perfect body. And in that body, God saw a man, are you listening to me? A man, that fulfilled every jot and tittle of the law and in that man we as the people as individuals as human race was all summed up and accepted back to God that term we use is reconciliation where god was as 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 the judge and 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 had separated mankind now the son not only offers the payment with his blood to even allow the possibility of a reconciliation but then with his body amen satisfied the demand of god in a human robe in a human flesh he satisfied that demand and he brought us human race mankind back into contact in one person in our mediator the Lord Jesus Christ he brought God and man once again back together the possibility in salvation was that we no longer had to be separated from God here's what he said in the word of God He said, he said, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if... When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. By the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Hallelujah. He reconciled me. He brought me back into contact with God. Now, I still had a problem. Even though God made it possible for me to have to have. Uh, to, to be brought back in favor to God, I still couldn't be good enough. I still couldn't do it in myself. So here's what Christ did in this acceptance. You see, he not only offered himself to be the mediator and to bring two people that were at enmity and at odds together again, but because he knew we could never be good enough to meet the demands of God, he then took his righteousness. Yes. And when we entrust in him, put our faith in him, by that same faith, Christ then imputes his righteousness yes. to us. Amen. And what happens is, brother Ben, is that when God, <laughs> when, God when Christ, the Holy Ghost, Brings us through conviction to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we by faith accept what he has done at Calvary. What he does in a measure of faith is he brings you and he brings God all at one time in the same picture. But when that faith is exercised to Christ, he says, you know what? You never be good enough but I've already done everything you'll ever need I've already completed it so here you go put my righteousness on hallelujah rope yourself up in what I've done I know you sinned oh yes I know you failed God oh yes I know you came short but here put this on because what you couldn't do I already did and as long as you put your faith in me I'll cover you up I'll hide you and when he sees you he won't see your failure he won't see your sin oh he sees Is me. All he sees is my, all he sees is me and my holiness, my perfection. Hey, I took on sin. Amen. But I didn't have any sin in me. And if you'll put your faith in that fact, hallelujah, I'll robe you up, I'll cover you up and present you to God as me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. That's acceptance to the beloved. And when God saw that we weren't us no more, man, aren't you glad we aren't ourselves, amen. Oh, when you think about your failures and your sin, aren't you glad you're not yourself anymore? Because we are in him by faith. When he saw it was us, he looked around for who he was to be accepting. And he saw not you, he just saw his son. Yeah. I've already accepted you. Come on. And the next sinner run to Christ and said, I believe in you. I put my faith and trust in you. Christ brought him to God and he's looking. He just looks like you. Bring him in. He just looks like you. He bring him all in. He's spotless just like you are. He's sinless just like you are. I'll accept him because he's just like you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then it gets better. I didn't think it could get any better, but it gets better. Cause in verse number five, he says, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he made accept accepted in the blood. Look at verse number 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest, listen now, of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. You know what that purchased possession is, don't you? That's the adoption of sons. Here's what happened. We put our faith and trust in Christ at the sacrifice that He made at Calvary, the blood and the body that was presented unto the unto God, and when we put our faith and trust in Him, we not only find the atonement for our sin, the price is paid. We not only find we not only find acceptance and righteousness imputed unto us, redemption, righteous, and find reconciliation. But when God reconciles us, when when God reconciles us to Him, and He accepts us to him. Here's what happens. When he accepts us and he looks at our life as we have just become born again, all right? This is happening in an instant. I'm trying to break this down for you, all right? This is happening in the moment you put faith in him. Here's what happens. The moment we put our faith, we find redemption, we find reconciliation, and we find righteousness. And when God looks to where we are at and and to accept us and all he sees is his son, here's what he does. He not only accepts us because we look just like his son, but then he goes, you know what? You look just like him. I think I'll take you as one of my own. (laughs) You look just like him, so I'll tell you what, I'm not only gonna accept you back, but I'm gonna accept you and position you just as just where I put my son. Amen. Do you understand tonight? If you're saved by the grace of God, Miss Whitley, you are a child of God. You're not only that, but you are a son of God. Yes, that's right. What happens is, is we found our redemption in Christ, we found our reconciliation, and we found we found our reconciliation and my righteousness in Christ, but we also found my right in Christ. Amen. Amen. We became a child of the King. He accepted us the same way He accepted His Son and in the position He put His Son, He put us there, right there with Him. We're joint heirs with Christ. Everything that God offers to His Son, He offers to us who are saved by the grace of God. Do you understand what that makes us heirs to? Amen. I'm telling you, it makes us heirs to the throne. It makes us heirs to the kingdom. It makes us heirs, amen, to the riches of glory. It makes us heirs to God himself. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're child of the king. Amen. Man, there's too much preaching to do right here. Adoption deals with the position of a son. Amen. But when the fullness of time was come, Galatians 4, God sent forth his son made of a woman made of the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. By the way, the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God Through Christ, praise God, I'm about to go nuts back here. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you we're in him, and we have been afforded and blessed with all spiritual blessings, hallelujah, in Christ Jesus. It is the position of a son. Do you know this thing was predestinated? Amen. Don't you choke on no Calvinist bone, amen. We were predestinated. You know, that happened when you got saved. Amen. 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 This was a predestination. And that, by the way, is still whosoever will. This predestination qualifies to anybody who's willing to put their faith and trust in Jesus. He said, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Yes, sir, this position was granted to the children of God through predestination. Ephesians 1.5, you can look, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. It's predest- then it involves our presentation. Amen, amen. First Peter chapter number three, verse. I'm sorry, second Peter chapter number three, verse number 16, having a good conscience. That whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, that they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Romans twelve one. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect? Will of God. God's generation as you having the right, listen, you have a right as a son, you have a role as a son, you also have a responsibility as a son. Right. What that simply means is, is that if you're a child of God, you need to start acting like it. Amen, amen. you know what that involves? It involves holiness. Amen, amen, amen. we've got away from that word. We got, we've, we, what we've done is we've limited everything between right and wrong instead of holy and unholy. That's what we've done. That's what I've done. Let's be honest. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for them or together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. Verse number 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Yes. Now he might be the firstborn among many brethren. He's the firstborn. The first fruits of Christ. That's, that's Christ. He's the first fruit. He's the firstborn. You and I as the sons of God, we come after him. Now we're the sons of God, but he's the firstborn. He's the son of God. But we reaping the benefit, hallelujah, of being the sons of God. Amen. Because of faith. Amen. Because of that Predestination that we have to be conformed. You know what he's predestined? He predestinated you to be the Son of God, but in that predestination, he said he understand understanding this flesh, understanding this body, brother being, he then also predestinated in plan that you are to conform your life to be just like him. You're to be just like Christ. Amen. That's just called being a Christian. But that's a responsibility that was that's given to the Son the Son of God, promotion and praise. Here's the other reason. God, God positionally makes us as the sons of God for a purpose, for a purpose that we would be to the praise and to his glory. Look at verse number 12. That we should be to the praise. He's already talking about that inheritance now. Being predestinated to the purpose of him. What is his purpose? It is that we would be conformed to the image of his son. Who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. And you tie that in. You tie that right in. With Romans 8.28. Worketh all things after the counts of his own will. That we should be to the praise of his glory. Who first trusted in Christ. We are to glorify Him. Yes, amen. Your life is to, be, to bring praise and honor and glory to God. That's right. My pastor used this term, to the glory of God. And the only definition he could come up with was satisfied. Is that right? Satisfied. You, your life to bring glory to Him, it is to bring satisfaction to God. Have you satisfied him with your life? I know I've come way short. But as the child of God, we have a responsibility in this promotion and the praise to glory. He, look now. He just told us that for whom he did foreknow, he predestinated, can be conformed to the image of his dear son, that he might be the first one to make him be brethren. Verse number 30 Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified them. He also glorified, amen. I'm telling you, it's about promoting Him and glorifying Him. Then there's the promise, I can't preach this, the promise of that adoption of sons, that adoption, that promise is, is hey, we're we're not in this lifetime ever gonna come close to being all that God positionally has made us to be. Amen. We are positionally a son of God, but we're never gonna come close to that acceptance That's why it's in Christ, amen. That's why it's in Christ. But the promise to the believer is this. Beloved, now we're the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. To the child of God, the adoption of sons is this. It's it's twofold, redemption's twofold. Adoption, we're positionally the son of God. One day, we're going to take the final, final breath, close our eyes in a, in a deathless sleep, and when we arise in glory, we are for the first time going to be just like him. And the what we are positionally there, what we long to be positionally there, that's who we are finally going to be. I am positionally in Christ. I am positionally John, I'm positionally just as holy as the Son of God is. Mm -hmm. Just as righteous. Just as sinless. Just as faultless. Just as blameless. Positionally. You listening? There's coming a day because of the faith that I put in Christ, I'm going to step out of this robe of flesh and I'm going to step in who I am positionally there. Amen. Amen. I'm going to be holy. He's going to present us without spot. Blameless before God, that's what he's gonna present us as. And the way that's possible is because of what I am positionally. You can read Romans chapter number eight, the earnest expectation of the creation, groan, travail. Man, there's a longing in my soul to be just like him. That's gonna come possible in that promise. i give you another one, verse number four. We not only find find our atonement in Christ, our acceptance in Christ, our adoption in Christ, but fourthly, in verse number 13, we find our assurances in Christ. He said, In whom ye also trusted... After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of your of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore, I also, after that I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. Seek not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. The faith, the assurance, that comes from being in Christ. Second John, first John, I'm sorry, chapter number five, verse number 20, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we might know him that is true and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. There are some things that God positionally, because we're in Christ, brother Jason, there are some things that positionally he wants us to know. And that is the faith. So by faith, we find in this assurance in Christ, faith is our entrance in. It is the word of truth. It is the gospel of your salvation. And so when you as an unbeliever, as a sinner, put your faith in Christ, you enter into him. Amen. I'm telling you something. Now listen to me. It is faith. You listen. It is faith, not feeling. My salvation, don't, don't hinge on an experience. It hinges on the Bible. It hinges on what the book says. It hinges, hinges on one thing that I believe God did what he said he would do and that is when I call on his name and put my faith in him, he would save me. Yes. That's faith and that's experienced in your entrance in. But then faith develops and even matures into our endurance Here's, here's how it endures that same faith that's built in Christ. He said, But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. We're in him. How do you know that you're in him? Because you are doing what the Bible says. Your life hinges on one thing, and that is faith. Truth. Belief. Are you listening to me? By the way, you do know faith is twofold. Faith revolves around belief and believing. Truth and trust. You need to understand that. And the faith that I exercise to God, it is twofold. It is not only trusting in Him, but that trust is rested in truth. Make sense? My belief is, my believing, amen, was in a belief. I believed that he died. I believe he rose again. And I believe he would save me if I confessed and repented of my sin. And when I believed that and trusted in that truth, amen, faith was the result. Amen. So faith is an endurance. When you understand that your your salvation, your salvation, Miss Morgan, is in one thing and that is what the word of God says I don't care if you feel saved tomorrow or not I don't always feel saved I don't always feel saved but I know that I'm saved whether I feel saved or not you know why because my faith is not in the way I feel it's in what the word of God says it's in the fact that I trusted in the truth and that hasn't changed So faith in our endurance, faith in our establishment. He said he he heard of their faith in verse number 15. I heard of their faith. So that faith had an entrance into Christ. It had an endurance because it was enduring. And it, we are sealed, amen, with that Holy Spirit of promise. It continues, amen. It's going to last to the end. And then that faith is establishing us. He said, Colossians 2, he said, This I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent of the flesh, yet am I with you in spirit, joy and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. And ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Listen now. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Here's what faith did. Faith gave me the access and the entrance in to Christ. That's what faith did. And then because of that truth that I trusted in, it then established me. It founded me. That didn't stop there. It's then going to endure. It's going to endure in that sense. But that establishment, that built, that foundation, that was laid, it's now growing stronger. That faith will mature. That faith it begins to grow, and we are built up in Him. That is in Christ. This is all in Christ. Faith in enjoyment. Verse number 15, verse number 16. Faith in our enlightenment. Verse number 17, 18. He has the desire that their eyes of their understanding would be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, the exceeding greatness of his power. He wants them to understand some things. Faith in our expectation. Verse number 18 through verse number 20. All of that is found in Christ. In Christ. So our assurance is in Him. Fifthly, I'm hurrying, I'm almost done. Fifthly, verse number 22 hath put all things under His feet and gave Him to be the head of all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. Look in chapter number 2 and verse number 19. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built up upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together goeth unto an holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So my atonement is in him. My acceptance is in him. My adoption is in him. My assurance is in him. But there's one more thing I found in him, and that is I found an assembly in him. Amen. Amen. You see, when I got in Christ, I didn't understand this when I got saved by the grace of God. I didn't have a clue. But when I got in Christ, I got in the cornerstone. Amen. Amen. I got attached to something I didn't even understand at that time. Hey Amen, but I got attached to the cornerstone, I got attached to the cornerstone of that building. amen, and upon that cornerstone, the whole building is fitly framed together. What I got attached to was the church of the living God. I couldn't. I didn't understand this. I couldn't explain this out of the word of God when I got saved. But one thing I did know when I got saved by the grace of God, I fell in love with church. amen. amen. I fell in love with the people of God. I fell. I in love with the preaching of God. I fell in love with the man of God. I fell in love with the songs of, of Zion. I fell in love with the praises of his saints. I fell in love with church. Amen. amen. I got attached to something. Amen. I got attached to something big. Amen. I'm telling you I love the church. I love the church collectively. I love the church locally. Amen. I thank God for the house of God. Amen. The household of faith. Amen. Romans 12, he said, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man, is that to every man that, that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and everyone members of another. Amen. I'm telling you, I thank God for the church. Hallelujah! I got saved by the grace of God I got into something big I got into something free I don't believe we even come close to understanding and grasping the importance of God's church but I'm so thankful that I'm a part of the blood washed band. amen, amen I thank God for the house of God for the people of God the stand of the people of God the prayers of the people of God I'm thankful to be a part of the assembly that's in Christ. Amen. 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 So you need to understand when you attack the church, you're not just attacking a body, a building, or a group of believers, you are attacking Christ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because you don't get to be a part of the church spiritually and even positionally until you get in Him. Right. Christ is the head of the church, amen. You attack his body, you attack him. The assembly, the association that's in Christ. I'm gonna give you the last one and I'm done. Ephesians chapter number two, verse number 18, the Bible says for through him we, have both, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Ephesians chapter number three, verse number 10, the Bible says this to the intent, that now in the principalities empires in heavenly places, there's that phrase again, In heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he had purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse number 12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Lastly, I'm done but we have access in Christ. We have access to God. That is amazing to me. You and I could not get to God from where we were at. We could not do it. But God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son to this world to be the intercessor and the mediator, the advocate between God and man. It is in Christ that we have atonement for our sin. It is in Christ we find acceptance to God. It's in Christ we find adoption as the sons of God. It is in Christ we have assurance. It's in Christ we have found an assembly, but it is in Christ that you and I have personal yes, access to him. What's amazing, Ms. McKenzie, is that the God of heaven provided through his son the channel through that mediator of who he is, a channel where he could hear your voice. Amen. You who are nothing but dirt in the eyes of God. You who he's angry with every single day. You who can do nothing but come short. Never able to meet the expectation that he requires. But daily I can come to Christ and in faith through repentance and forgiveness because of the faith that I exercise in Christ Hallelujah. He robes me once again in his righteousness. And in that moment of prayer, I once again have a restoration, a reconciliation, and my voice is heard in the ears of God. His ear tonight, if you're saved by the grace of God, his ear is in tune to your voice. Boy, we don't deserve anything except for hail. And yet look at what he's given us. Look at what is constantly afforded to us just simply because one day we believed in him. One day, Brother Jason, we just said, Lord, I, I trust you. I believe in you. And in that moment we stepped into him. I stepped into something big. I found atonement, hallelujah. Man, my sins are washed. And guess what, when I sin tomorrow, if I sin tomorrow, if I sin this week, and I'm sure that I will, the blood still avails. The forgiveness of God is still, still available to me. Amen. Because He found, I found atonement. The acceptance, he don't throw me away. Aren't you glad? Amen. Aren't you glad when, I, when you sin? You sinned it last week. Aren't you glad he didn't just throw you out? Yes. Gave up on you? Yes. You know why he didn't? Because every time he looks at you, all he does is see his son again. You ain't, you have not yet sinned against God. You listening? We sin against him, but positionally, I'm talking about positionally, you have not I can't, that's all I can explain. This is as good as it's getting, friend. I can't explain it better than that outside the fact that in the eyes of God I haven't yet sinned. I'm just like Christ. That's why he constantly, constantly brings me back. I'm telling you, if I was God, I'd have kicked me out a long time ago. I'd have quit forgiving me a long time ago. But every time I come to him, in faith, the same faith that I trusted in Christ with he constantly accepts me back. Oh, hey. Constantly allows me to take part of the adoption. Constantly provides the assurance and faith and allows me not only to get past my sin, but to make the next step and get closer to Him. Man. Amen. And He's given me the church to aid me. In my walk with God. He's given me the church to, to be a part of. To have a purpose in it. Man, my mind, it blows my mind. I can't comprehend it. But in all of that. In all, through all of, this, all of my sin that he's forgiven. And, and the acceptance that he has provided in the adoption. Knowing still yet who I am. He then made sure to provide a way that if we needed anything at all, as his son, all we had to do was ask. You have access to Christ, to God through Christ. This is the confidence. This is your first, Second John, First John. I'm sorry, Chapter number five, verse number fourteen, and this is the confidence. Listen now, that we have. In Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, what's the confidence we have? He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us, that He hears whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. That's a promise, brother. That's a promise and a spiritual blessing that is afforded to you in Christ. I'm gonna give you just a sneak peek for tomorrow night. You ready? In Christ, I have access to God. But the moment I stepped in Christ, Christ stepped into me. So in that sense, I have access to God because I'm in Christ positionally. I have Him. I, have, I can get to God. But then Christ came to me and moved inside of me, and now God has access to me. Amen. <laughs> Brother Jason, He's not only in tune to hear your voice, but now because He lives in you, He has the ability yeah. to speak to you. Amen. For you to hear his voice. I'll preach on that tomorrow night, Lord willing. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the privilege that it is truly to be saved and a part of the family of God. Thank you, dear Lord, for the spiritual blessings that have been afforded to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear God, for the opportunity to be in your house to preach the word of God. Thank you for stirring my soul tonight. We thank you, dear Father, for what you're going to do now, I pray. If there be one here lost, God, would you save them. I pray if there one be here cold, Lord, they've lost the joy of their salvation. God, I pray that through the truth of the word of God, that joy may be restored to them tonight. I pray for the people of God, oh Lord, may we not take for granted what you have afforded to us in salvation, but Lord, may we take hold of it, And Lord, may we reap the benefit and the blessings of those blessings that are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, Father, truly to grow. Help us, God, to be more like thee. May we realize, dear Father, our right, our role, our responsibility that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, may we serve you in these days. Oh, Father, we thank you again for saving us and the privilege to be in your house. May you bless the remainder of the service in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand, every head bowed. every eye close for just a moment. In case Lord, the Lord has been dealing with someone about being born again tonight, we wanna give you a moment to come. I know I've preached long, longer than I intended.